0: Well, hey, friends, welcome back to the Right Set Leadership Podcast and one of our final episodes of this summer series. I've had a lot of fun with this. The topics have been fun to actually listen through, which is interesting. It's I enjoy going back and listening to these. And I hope our hope is that they've been transformative to you guys and this summer of coaching content, really, to help you revisit, relearn, reinterpret and to understand different ways to do something more efficiently to move towards health and impact. Um, Today's is fun. It's a great segue from last week, Alan. And today we're looking at this topic of reinterpreting. We're going to give a new look, come at from a new angle, a new idea, hopefully a paradigm shift for something that is really countercultural to the, to the regular, to regular leadership space. And it's this
1: idea of rhythm over balance. Let's dig into that, Alan. Straight up, uh, here's our agenda. We want you to stop using the word balance. It's terrible. It it doesn't it doesn't work. It's not helpful. We'll explain why. And we want you to start using the word rhythm. And if you are a musician, you probably already like the idea of rhythm. Uh, And I just I I hate hearing the word balance. I try to live a balanced life, or. Where is their balance, you know, the work life balance, things like that. And the reality is a work life rhythm. Yes. We talked about riverbanks last episode, that you are working hard, you are also playing hard, you are deeply invested in your career in the hours that you are working in your role, your vocation, your job, then you are deeply invested in your family versus sort of being shallow on both ends of that. And so we just see that the way that God knit the world together is with rhythms, not with balance. Think about this analogy of balance for a second and why it's broken. I am trying to create a balanced schedule. Well, that just gives you a sense of urgency. That gives you a sense of overwhelm and anxiety because you're trying to balance everything. And you say, if it's out of balance just a little bit, the whole thing tips. The analogy itself is broken. And really, there's not a work life balance that work life rhythm, the world runs on rhythms. And I actually want to read you the beginning of the right side of journal, if you have this, hopefully you've read this before, is we believe that the healthiest leaders are ones that create daily rhythms, weekly rhythms, monthly rhythms, Quarterly rhythms and annual rhythms. Now, I did this with a coaching client last week that was here visiting me in Colorado. It sounds like, oh man, that's going to take 18 hours uh, and that'll be weeks for me to get through that. No, I promise you it doesn't. We encourage you to start with the annual rhythms. What are the kind of things you're going to do every year? Chances are you're already doing a lot of those kind of things. And then move back, split those in four and do quarterly, then in three and do monthly. And then in four, and do weekly rhythms. And that is where I believe is the greatest gain, by the way, that leaders can find is in a weekly rhythm. We talk about the purpose of Monday being different from Wednesday, being different from Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, to be able to have a Sabbath there. And you can actually figure this thing out and get the flywheel spinning. So let me just read this from Right Side Up Journal. Tides, seasons, waves, days, and planets all live by them. Humans need rhythms too, yet our society presses on ever faster, breaking speed barriers and living rhythmless. This has led to widespread overwhelm and unhealth in our culture. Many find their own lives suddenly turned upside down, like a turtle belly up as they flail to get right side up. Many people are heading toward burnout because their pace simply isn't sustainable. How upside down are you right now? We desperately need to rediscover rhythms for life a practical liturgy that actually works. We coach leaders and teams through this pathway in order to create sustainable change. We curate experiences in order to pull away from the chaos of life and experience what these rhythms look, feel, taste, smell, and sound like. We're watching leaders change right before our eyes. Todd Henry says, great leaders have great rituals. We believe the right rhythms will take you to the next level. Here's a suggested pathway of healthy life rhythms. And we begin to talk about that healthy pathway, again, being the daily rhythms, the weekly rhythms, the monthly rhythms, quarterly rhythms, and the annual rhythms that actually will govern your life. So that is what we believe about rhythms. And that is why we believe that it is so much healthier to focus on the rhythms than it is to focus on the idea of balance.
0: The picture that always comes to mind is balancing. Think of anything in the physical world that is indicative of balance. Like look at the tightrope walker who's trying to walk across the Grand Canyon. They're balancing on this taut rope, and the idea that it's so attractive to us is because it's so reactive. He's simply he or she is simply responding to what's going on below, trying to control it as best they can, and they're just reactively responding to things that they happen, standing up on a surfboard, a paddleboard, any of those things where you're trying to balance on surfaces that don't normally go together, it causes you to inherently be reactive and simply respond to what's there. As you learn and you become more rhythmic, think about riding a bicycle for the first time. How many times did you fall down riding a bicycle? A ton. A ton. But once you become more rhythmic and understanding how it works, you're no longer waiting for the tipping point. to Say, I'm going to fall over. You can anticipate things and you can change lanes. You can shift, you can move your feet. You become more balanced. And so there's more of, you're more in sync with what's happening because you have the proactive ability to say, okay, this is coming. I'm understanding this. You're more self-aware. And so that's where rhythm is more effective and shifting from balance to rhythm. And that brings us to our first question. Quite simply, What are the specific things within your life and your leadership that you're just trying to balance right now that aren't effective? What are the specific things that you're trying to balance in your life and leadership right now that aren't effective? Write those down. Think through them. We'll see you up ahead.
1: think it's pretty obvious as you look at a a tightrope walker that um that's a nervous posture right like literally there are tightrope walkers many of them who died right they fell they had an off day and there's a lot at stake there um but i mean i even think about the ocean and how the tides is just something i love coming back to and just hearing the tides of the ocean is um I don't know, it's just, it's good for my soul to know that these things continue on without me. That the world runs on these rhythms and it's really helpful. Even as you think about the rhythm of the summer is often lots of family time, lots of time outside, go enjoy and it heads into the fall rhythm where we begin to go back to work. Our kids go back to work at school. We go back to work and maybe we'll work more hours and that's okay because it has a rhythm. You don't need to feel bad That you're working more hours in the fall than you were in the summer. I hope you had a great chance this summer to be able to get away. And that's not a balanced life. When you take one week completely off work, the week before that you had to prepare a bunch to be off work, and then the next week you come back and you have you know things that you may have to work a little bit more. That's normal. The rhythm, especially if you're planning for that, um, that makes sense. So again, we want to meet you at the intersection of the spiritual and the practical. We want you to hear from the father in this, but we also want you to take a look at your own schedule, your own family, your own season of life, your own job. Um, did you just start a startup or are you an established company that has a rhythm already? That's going to be uh, very different, but we don't want you to feel like a victim in this that, Oh, I just can't do this in my schedule. I have too much going on. Um, and what I find is that we always have more autonomy or control over our schedule than we think. And so we could sit back and be a victim. Oh, I'm too busy. My, you know, my work wants me to work too much, but the reality is that's usually a farce and it's usually our choosing of that. Um, Dr. Henry cloud says that in any culture, we get either what we create or what we allow. We get what we create or what we allow. And usually we've just allowed ourselves to be sucked in by the things before even this podcast, We have a schedule on it that's up ahead and we have blocks where we record and blocking and batching. uh, We love being able to focus specifically for a few hours on this podcast content um, so that we don't have to when we're on vacation. I'm not calling Jonathan from when I'm sitting on the beach with my family and recording a podcast then that wouldn't be helpful. And so we have a rhythm to that, a schedule to that. And so it may sound really boring, uh, but folks, we want to help you transition from that balance idea of feeling really, really tippy. I have to do it all the time, producing this overwhelm to this rhythm idea to say, you're going to work more here. You're going to work less here. And I found a daily rhythm that's actually been really helpful for me and a weekly rhythm that I think is is really helpful for our team that we're on now. We've just shifted that a little bit and it hasn't thrown us off. And so if you are a leader, people are watching your rhythms. They're watching when you answer emails and when you don't. They're watching when you're with your family, whether on social media or otherwise. They're watching when you're completely on and when you're completely off. And I am a big fan of a work hard and play hard culture. And that's what we've implemented at Safe forth is we're expecting one another to be completely off and replenishing on the weekends, but expecting as well to work hard during the week so that we can uh, serve amazing folks like you guys. So that's just kind of my overall Um, take as we really move from that idea of balance to rhythm, we're going to continue to use the word rhythms right here on the podcast. And this is some of the most fruitful coaching work that I do. Jonathan is actually helping leaders to put those things in to implement those. And uh, as you know, it changes your life when you put the right ones in there. And as we all know, when we don't have them, we live rhythm less, we actually get less done. And we feel unfulfilled in the process. And we don't serve the people very well. And I come home spun up to my family. Everyone loses when we don't have healthy rhythms. But everybody wins when we do. I think it's a
0: really good representation of a pain point that a lot of leaders feel. It's the tightrope walker. Like you feel like you have all of these things to do. And this very little margin, which is the rope to do it in. And you're just shaking and trying to get it together to get from eight to five, Monday to Friday, to get across the line. When really, there's flatter surface beside you. We just have to create the space and say, you know, I don't have to do this here. This doesn't have to be done like that. I don't have to jump to this thing, to this thing, to this thing, to this thing. And it starts with identifying just that shift it's not going to happen overnight. You know, you're not going to master this idea, but you can make a next step and it begins with the question we want to leave you guys with. And again, wherever you are, sit and think through this, write it down, journal it, dig in, spend some time. But the question is, where can you begin to cultivate regular rhythms in your life and leadership instead of just balancing things that don't fit? Where can you begin to cultivate regular rhythms in your life and leadership, instead of just balancing things that don't fit. Think about that for a minute, and we'll see up ahead.
1: Specific on this for me, Uh, my Fridays have really become uh, just a a crucial part of my life and my leadership. I believe that the beginnings and the ends of our week have an inordinate impact uh, on that. And so I want to share the end of my week and then I want to share the beginning of my week. The end of my week, um, I am tired. From coaching. I have really meaningful work. I'm helping leaders to clarify the obstacles, the opportunities to activate and taking next steps. Um, it is thrilling for me as leaders are getting healthy and they're stepping into new levels of impact. It's it's incredibly cool and I love it. I love that that's what I get to do. But I cannot do that for five days a week straight. So toward the end of Thursday, I'm tired. And most weeks, my Friday is actually dedicated um, to what I call P three. And so three different Ps, uh purpose, if it comes back to my ultimate purpose uh, in life, and you know, being a disciple, then that's something I, I want to say yes to uh, on Fridays, if it comes back uh, to special projects and things that um, are get tos for me, and I work with some other organizations and a little bit of consulting. And honestly, those are a lot of uh, fun projects. And then the last one is professional development. If it develops me as a better leader, and there's an opportunity to go to it on a Friday, I'm likely to say yes to that. That's when I'll pick up a book that makes me a better leader, but isn't necessarily a book I'd pick up on a Saturday morning. Uh, And so that's my grid for Fridays. And that's become a really helpful rhythm as I'm coaching. And I'm saying my brain is tired, my heart is fulfilled. At the end of Thursday, that's something I really look forward to. Um, But that is something that if I'm gone on a Monday, like I was last week, um, then I can still coach for four straight days. So I may not have that same uh, rhythm there. But I know ahead of time, if I'm going to be gone, I know that I've got four good days in me for coaching. I Also, um, on Tuesday, do quite a bit of content development. And so that's one in the middle of my week that I look forward to. So I try to do at least three hours of content development. And maybe I have some, you know, upcoming course, uh, or upcoming talks or something like that, that I'll spend some time preparing for, uh, even if it's a week or two out for that and then on Monday morning, how I start the rhythm of my week is actually with our team at stay 4th. And so Jonathan and I meet, and then our team meets first thing on Monday morning so that we have the whole week ahead of us. We have time to create our own rhythms. We don't have to interrupt each other in the middle of our work. And those three things, again, Monday morning, a content, a Monday morning team meetings, a content block, and a Friday, the P3 day for me, something that I really look forward to and sharpens me as a leader working uh, not just in Stay forth, but on Stay 4th has been huge for me. So I just wanted to give some personal examples. Uh, I didn't get there overnight, but I do know that those are things that I need every single week, or not only am I gonna suffer, but my family may suffer because dad's coming home exhausted all the time. And our Stay 4th team's gonna suffer because I don't actually become a better leader um, for them. And then my coaching clients suffer because I'm not actually sharpening myself as a leader. So that would be an example when we think about the week of the kind of blocking and batching that Jonathan uh, is talking about that really has the potential of, of changing your life. I think the last
0: thing I would add to that, because it's very practical is my weekends bringing structure into my weekends personally was a catalyst for a more rhythmic Monday to Friday, because it's easy to we do very hard things. You're listening to this right now. You do very hard things throughout the week and we go through like the song is great working for the weekend, but I realize I like to work from the weekend, you know? And if I want to take that posture, then I need to have some structure from the week, but not so much that my weekends are rigid. So over time, I just put a grid for my weekends that work for me and you can adapt this. And, um, it's quite simple every Saturday morning, I start my day with doing something for me. Like I'm going to do something for myself, I'm going to have some time to go for a run to go for a walk to have that extra long cup of coffee. Then I'm going to do at least one thing for somebody else. If you have a spouse or in a relationship, some them or someone else, you have people that come to you all week long, they're like, Hey, can we get together for this? Can we do this thing? Could you help me with this thing? And instead of reactively just jumping to something or not doing it, name it, what is something you can do for someone else or your spouse. And then thirdly, is just something's got to get done. Like if I name one big thing on a Saturday, that's just got to get done something that I would normally put off or not do. I will do more than those. But by naming those simple three things that kind of anchor the thirds of my day, I move more fluidly and more wholeheartedly through the weekend. So Coming into Monday, I'm carrying momentum and I'm not feeling as tired and feeling like I have catch up to get to a racing into our eight o'clock meeting on Mondays because I've named things and I've completed them and I've moved more rhythmically through the weekend. So that's a big one for me.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I hope that you guys see as we share personal examples, it's different. Jonathan, and I work on the same team, but we have very different roles. And so we need to plan very differently. We also work with outside clients outside of our work at Stayforth. And before I tell a client that I am going to be able to serve them well with excellence, then I need to know um, whether that's, you know, a team or an organization, I'm helping them start something doesn't matter if I'm doing regular work for them, I need to be able to answer to say I have space to give you excellence to give you my best stuff, or I'm not going to enter into that um, coaching or consulting relationship. So there's a lot of space um, for actually what that looks like. But we want you to determine Um, what those priorities are uh, in your life. And so that's part of the when, when are you going to schedule those? Is if my relationship with my wife's a priority, then we literally are going to have to schedule date nights, uh, sometimes a couple weeks out to be able to fit within the madness of six humans living in the same household. And so I just want um, to remind you of that. There isn't one way to do this. You can't cheat off somebody else's paper, but if it's important to you, and you're regularly going to do it. I just know for me, exercising naturally going to happen, I'm going to have to schedule it at least the beginning of my day, those kind of things that matter to me deeply, I need to go ahead and schedule. And so as we kind of shift, we're going to move toward a very practical last question here. We know we've thrown a lot at you. But this is the time to go ahead and get really specific. Jonathan, where are you going to leave us for this last question?
0: Guys, we did give you a lot there. But there's a lot to think through. And like Alan said, you you don't cheat off someone else's paper, wherever you're sitting, wherever you're biking, whatever you're doing. Now, this is an opportunity to say, you know what, this could be a great step in me moving from where I am to where I want to go. And it starts with naming something, get specific with it. When you write something down, that's why we encourage you to write these. And that's why I really want you to think hard when you write this last question and to think through it. When you do that, and you take it out of your head, get it onto a screen or onto a piece of paper you're making an accountability contract with yourself. I'm putting forth the effort to write this down, take the step to commit to it. So as we leave you guys with this last question, sit and think through when, date it. When will you begin implementing one, two, or three of these new rhythms? When will you be implementing these new rhythms into your regular life and leadership? Think about that. And we'll see you up here at the close of the episode.
1: Friends, we mean it. That truly can change your life and leadership. Those few things. And you think about those little keystone habits or the flywheel that Jim Collins talks about. I don't care what analogy we're using here. Those little things in your life done regularly have the ability to change everything else. The topic of momentum is one that's going to keep coming back up here. Guys, when we do the next right thing, we take our next right step It gets us started on the journey. It's less intimidating once we've started. I just know that I don't want to go for a run and get out of bed pretty much ever. But when I start the run, it's a little bit easier to continue it. And then when I'm done with the run, I'm really glad that I did. And I watch that be helpful in different areas of my life. There are different things that you are resisting right now that literally, if you take your next steps in those one, two, or three rhythms that we ask you about, This can literally change the course of your life and leadership over time. It's not an overnight success. We're still playing the long game. We promise you there's compounding interest on these things. Build in your keystone habits. Then the flywheel begins to spin in your own life and leadership. We just want to remind you, friends, you can't take somebody else somewhere that you haven't gone in your leadership. But the moment that you have developed these things, you actually can be a catalyst for change in other people. Here's the good and the hard news, leaders other people are watching if you are a person of influence little eyes are watching if you're a mom and dad your teammates eyes are watching if you are on a team if you are a ceo or the head of an organization you've started something a whole lot of people are watching how you live and lead and there is the potential to live and lead for the long haul without burning out or flaming out. Friends, we want you to lead Right Side Up in the upside down world. We will continue on with the next episode next week. Thanks for joining us for another episode, of Right Side Up Leadership Podcast and the Re-Series.